Chapter Twelve of the Pony Rider Boys in Louisiana. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan. The Pony Rider Boys in Louisiana by Frank G. Payton. Chapter Twelve: The Quest of the Phantom Deer. The dogs were tugging at their leashes, having already scented the trail, when Lily called his hunters about him to give them their instructions. It was decided that Tad Butler and Stacy Brown were to proceed to the north, posting themselves between two ridges of cane in the swamp, and there to wait until they were called by the guide's horns later in the day. Ned was given a post to the south, while Walter Perkins and the professor were to remain with Lily. Taking all things into consideration, the three boys who were to guard the north and south were in much the better position, as it was believed that the bears would take one of these two directions, breaking from ridge to ridge until they found a hiding place in one or the other of the canebrake ridges. Tad and Ned were each equipped with a bush knife with a horn to each party. Lily considered that the boys need no further advice from him. The lads having had experience with bear before this, and all being good shots and well-tried hunters at big game. Look out that you don't get lost if you get on a chase, he warned. One is likely in the excitement of a chase to forget to blaze his trail. It isn't any use to get game if you can't get back to camp with it. The boys knew this, too. Stacy declared that such a little thing as the cane break didn't worry him in the least, that he could find his way out with his eyes shut. Don't you try it, warned the guide tersely. Oh, I am glad I haven't the responsibility of looking after Chunky, chuckled Ned Richter. Tad, you have your work cut out for you. I'll take your positions. We will wait here until you have done so. Then we will free the dogs. Blow your horns one long blast when you are ready. Then lie low, directed the guide. Come on, Chunky, I'm off, cried Tad, springing into his saddle. Armed with a rifle, bush knife, horn, and hunting knife, Chunky having the usual equipment without the bush knife and horn. The two boys fought their way through the jungle and were soon out of sight and sound of their companions. Ned, too, was on his way to his post, thus placing the two outside parties about five miles apart, with the guide, Professor Zeppelin, and Perkins somewhere midway between the outside parties. After some time had elapsed, Ned's horn was heard. He had farther to go than Tad. The latter's horn sounded fully half an hour after Ned's. Lily unleashed the dogs, and with joyful yelps they scattered, diving into the thick cane, darting here and there in search of the trail, which they found and started away in a very few minutes. To the surprise of Lily, the dogs headed west instead of going either north or south, as he had looked for them to do. He will round back sooner or later and break for the other ridges, was the guide's confident prediction. The boys will get a chance at the bear, unless I'm greatly mistaken. Lily and his two companions now started at breakneck speed in pursuit of their dogs, through the cane, through the soft, swampy land, 
they urged their ponies slashing to the left and right with a bush knife the yelping of the dogs could be heard far ahead of them good trail observed lily the hounds are making an excellent time that's a favorable sign but we shan't get a shot at the game if it's going so far away objected walter you can't tell about that the bears are just as likely to double back here as to go on you never can tell about those fellows they're sharp and they can cover ground faster than we can in the woods this nearest one is a she-bear and a big one how do you know questioned walter i can tell by her tracks and the way she works it's easy when you know the dogs are out of hearing now gracious she's making a long run we will take a shortcut across this way that ought to bring us across the trail and we may be able to head her off while all this was taking place tad butler and stacy brown were standing beside their horses close to the canebrake they too heard the barking of the dogs and realized that the game was getting further and further away suddenly tad heard what he thought was the sound of a breaking twig off to the north of them chunky he whispered you stay here and watch the horses why make a scout i believe that bear has given them the slip and has come back over into this break here don't make a sound i'll be back pretty soon uh, how long said chunky oh half an hour at the most stacy nodded tad tethered his horse then taking his rifle from the saddle boot stole silently away stacy lost sight of him in a few minutes butler proceeding as quietly as an indian had crossed the next cane ridge and had gotten nearly over a narrow stretch of swamp when he heard a sound in the cane just ahead of him tad crouched down and listened not a sound save that of the birds of the forest did he hear he had waited in that position for some time when he heard something strike the ground in the canebrake just beyond him the boy straightened up a flash of red and a crashing of cane told him that his ears had not deceived him with characteristic quickness tad threw up his rifle and fired a crash woke the echoes of the forest stilling the songs of the birds in the trees then followed another crash i got him this time it's a deer exulted the pony rider boy he did not pause to think that his had been a remarkable shot or that he had fired while the deer was still in the air making a leap for safety the animal had caught sight of him as he rose to his feet then leaped alarmed by the baying of the dogs the deer had fled in tad's direction and perhaps it had halted because of the scent of the boy himself at any rate tad butler's shot had been sure his bullet had caught the animal just back of the shoulders dropping the deer dead in its tracks butler started on a run crashing through the bushes and into the dense cane and there lay the deer a handsome doe the young hunter felt regretful as he gazed down at the fallen animal well i reckon i've got enough meat to keep us going for some time mr lilly will be glad to get this now i must get the horses tad jacked the deer up in the manner learned from his former guide in the main woods then started back for stacy and the horses butler had a little difficulty in finding his way at first thus losing fully twenty minutes or so but finally he found the trail and 
set off with the stock on a brisk run. "'Hey, what did you shoot at?' cried Stacy the instant he caught sight of his companion. "'A deer,' answered Tad, smiling happily. "'And I got him, too.' "'You did?' wondered Stacy. "'I surely did. We'll go get him and take him back to camp. What about the bear?' "'I don't believe the bear will come this way. You heard them going off in the other direction. But perhaps you'd better stay here and watch while I get the deer.' oh no no i'm going with you protested chunky very good if you want to i don't think we shall lose much then again i may need your help loading the beast on my horse is he a big one no it's a doe answered tad climbing into his saddle stacy doing the same thing with his mount hurrah shouted the fat boy we are the mighty hunters give us a fair show and Send the rest of the folks about their business, and we will show them how to get game. But I'm sorry we didn't meet the bears. Oh, so am I. Still, we have some food that is better than bear meat. The boys hurried along Tad's trail as fast as possible. They crossed the swamp places, on through the cane break, and into the partially open swale where Tad had stood when he shot. It's right over there, called Tad. He pushed on, but as he reached the spot, he stopped and rubbed his eyes. There was no deer there. He's gone, gasped Tad Butler. Ha, huh, a regular phantom deer, jeered the fat boy. Oh, what a joke on you. Won't the boys have the laugh on you? This is no joke, answered Tad slowly. I'm going to find out what it is right now. End of chapter 12 Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan